You are listening to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast with Anthony Fasano, session number 20. In this session, I will speak with an EIT who in the past year and a half has graduated, failed to find a job, relocated across the country, and now has his own engineering company through which he's thriving and he's working around the clock. Let's do it. Welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, where it's all about helping real engineers to overcome real challenges and get real results. And now for your host, who is on a mission to inspire as many engineers as possible, professional engineer and certified career coach, Anthony Fasano. Hello, everyone. This is Anthony Fasano, your engineering career coach, and I welcome you to session 20 of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. For those of you that are listening, I'd like to offer you a gift and thank you as a listener. If you visit my website at engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash free gift, I will send you a list of the three top resources that I utilize to become a partner in an engineering firm at the age of 27. So check that out. Have a great, great show for you today. I have Matt Mangano, who's going to come on and talk about his amazing journey over the last year and a half, two years. Matt is 24 years old. He's an EIT who graduated from Rutgers right here in New Jersey, but now is out in sunny San Diego where he actually started his own company and he's really thriving. And so he's going to talk about seven critical lessons that he's learned in the last year and a half. And I also add some information from my experience on some of those points. And I think it's really action-packed. And towards the middle to the end of the show, he really gets into the opportunity that he had to start his company and how he attacked it. It was an awesome show, and I'm actually going to get to meet Matt in, uh, in September in San Diego. So before we do get into the interview, let me just mention that I am putting on a very special event for Motivated Engineers, and I know we have a lot of listeners in Southern California, but while the event is open to everyone, everyone out there, all engineers out there, the website for the event is iecdfallmeetup.com. Please check it out. We sold out our last event in Austin, Texas, and basically the idea is, is we're going to focus on how you can communicate better as an engineer, how you can better develop your networking skills, giving very specific strategies. And we're going to do some pretty awesome sessions on leadership as well. And I think you see from, the, some, from what Matt talks about in this show, all these points are much needed. So please check it out. If you go to that URL, there's a video that you can watch from engineers that attended the last event in Austin. I think you'll see what they got out of it. Again, that's iecdfallmeetup.com. So with that, Let's get right into our main segment of the show today, the coaching segment, and let's hear from Matt Mangano. It's go time. All right, now it's time for our coaching segment of the show where either I'll be coaching a younger engineer or we'll have an expert come on and try to provide some advice for younger engineers. And, and today, actually, we have an interesting guest. Today, we have with us Matt Mangano, who's out in San Diego, Matt you just heard his bio, but Matt graduated in the fall of 2012 with an engineering degree. And then in January 2014, as an EIT, he actually started his own engineering company. And Matt and I hooked up on LinkedIn. And when I heard his story, I definitely wanted to have him on. And what we're going to go through for you, for you today is seven lessons kind of that Matt learned from this process of going. And it was a short time period, of course, but going from being a graduate engineer to starting a company and how 
kind of through how that unfolded, we're going to take some of the lessons that he learned and we're going to put them out there for other engineers. Really, I think engineers of all experience levels will be able to benefit from that. So how's it going, Matt? How you doing, Anthony? It's great to hear from you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Matt's actually from originally out here in New Jersey, and he found his way, uh, which is probably a very positive thing, out to sunny San Diego. <laughs> um, so so it's good to have him on. And, and basically, we're going to run through these seven points, and we'll go back and forth a bit. I'll add some of my own experience into it as well, but I think just by the looks of them, there's, there's a lot that you'll be able to take out of it for our listeners. All right, so first of all, Matt, let's get into the whole idea of you know, you graduate school or whatever whatever age level you are, you're trying to get a job in the engineering world. And I know one of the things that you recommend is, you know, the online job app process can be very difficult. Talk to us about that a bit. Yeah, so when I got out here, um, obviously just relocating for geographical purposes, um, I found a lot, I found a lot that all these jobs were posted online and I really... I want to play the game. If, if they have it online, I think that should be the process. <laughs> and we'll go by unique cover letters, um, everything else. And what I found was my resumes and all the time that I was putting into these cover letters just going into a, a black hole, <laughs> if you will, no. of um, applications. Um, very few callbacks, things of that sort. After the online application process didn't work, I was sending out way too many applications, and I keep hearing this from other people as well. I decided to take the networking route, uh, really start assimilating myself into the San Diego community, and that's actually where I found the success. Okay, great. That's that's perfect. And we're gonna we're gonna touch on that later. Our point number six is going to be getting into networking, and Matt's going to talk about how he did that. But the one thing that I can add to this here to this point is. I've talked to a lot of engineers that are doing the online process, and I know it. it to be honest with you, it sucks. From what I've heard, it's it's a black hole, like Matt said. It's frustrating. It wears you down. It takes away your motivation. Uh, it makes you, you know, just really upset sometimes, even to be in engineering, because you just feel like you're not. No one's listening to you. So I think the one thing you could take out of this is to avoid the online job app process at all costs and try to do your own networking. Get yourself out there. And we'll give you some tips on that a little later on how to do that. All right, let's push on to point number two, which is from what Matt has told me when we talked before this was going after the PE license. Talk about that, Matt. Absolutely. It's just something, nothing can take away from you. It really proves your sincerity that you want to be there, that this is the direction you want to take. And especially going after jobs as a younger engineer, Proving that you can come in with that PE license that it would really make it. Um, and it, it is, our field is great in that the EIT, once, as soon as you obtain that EIT license, you know, you can put the letters after your name. You look like a professional. You really have some sort of wherewithal to speak on projects, yet you're still working under a PE. You have, you have some sort of developmental freedom to go along designing projects. And just to add to kind of what Matt is saying about, about your PE license, a lot of times I hear engineers either say, 
you know, I don't need that license in my field or, you know, I don't need to start going after it right away. And I think that, that you just have to. I mean, some fields, okay, that you may not need a PE. Maybe if you're a chemical engineer, you're doing something where it's not needed. I might understand that. There might be something better like a Six Sigma certification or something else that might be better for you. But what you have to remember is that those letters PE after your name and even the EIT, like Matt said, means something. I mean, I remember when I was at a company, we interviewed people. We would always look for right away. Did you take, are you a PE? Did you take your PE exam yet? Are you getting the experience you need to get your PE? You know, employers think about that. Clients look for that, right? It's just, it's like an automatic credibility boost if you're a PE. I mean, I know when I'm just talking to engineers in general, one of the first things I'll think of or ask them is like, are you a PE? You know, because if they say yes, then that, that means a lot. So that's something that you really need to, to take into consideration, even if you're, and I've met a lot of engineers that are older, that went through their careers and they just never got it, get it. Try to go back and get it and do whatever you have to do to get it. It, it makes a big difference. All right, let's push on to point number three, which I love, which is take every bit of advice that you get, but also form opinions for yourself. So Matt, why don't you talk about that one a bit? Yeah, this is great. This definitely goes along the lines of networking. Something I've always done, speaking for my own ideals, really finding that mentor, someone you can really look up to, believe it or not, if they're impressed with you, if they find similarities in character traits, they are always willing to offer advice. And it's great to take it in, always focus it, having, having a goal for yourself. I've always asked for advice or insight, not necessarily, can you get me a job? Can you, can you tell me which direction to take? I ask for advice or insight because everyone's willing. Uh, and then, then it turns into, I can set you up with this guy. Let's have a drink. Let's have breakfast, find dinner. But in this, at the same time, people will say, take the secure route. Get in with a company at the ground level, work your way up, or take you know, take a year off, go back to school. And you have to factor all these things in and take them for what they're worth, absolutely. Because everyone that I've experienced has a little bit more a little bit more time in the field than I do. But at the same time, I know which direction I want to take. That should be major factor. No, that's an excellent point. So basically, I like what Matt's saying is get out there, talk to people, ask for advice. And I think that point is spot on because I can't tell you how many times if I go to like an engineering event, I'll have an, a young engineer that comes up to me and just literally like says, hi, my name is John. Here's my resume. <laughs> it's like a turnoff. You don't want to talk to the person anymore. Yeah, but if, someone, if a young engineer comes up to me and says, oh, I'm doing this. What's your advice? What's your opinion on? Should I take another course? Should I try to get another certification? Will that maybe help me get a job? Then I'm going to say to them, well, listen, I think, yes, you should do that. And also, by the way, I know this guy in this company. I'm going to hook you up with him. Shoot me an email. So I think that that's definitely spot on. But I think also what Matt says is really important is that when you have goals for yourself and you're really focused on them and you're clear on them, this is one of the things that we talked about in our uh, mastermind session that we did down in Austin, Texas not long ago. Once you hone in on those goals... You can get all the advice you want, and maybe some advice will be will help you to get to those goals faster. Maybe some advice won't, but you also need to remain true to kind of your goals, and you can't take every piece of advice and then go in a different direction because you're never going to get anywhere. So I think the idea of taking advice, asking for advice is, is, is awesome, but you have to then filter it, 
And I think that that's, that's key. All right, let's go on to point number four, which is go with the flow, but attack opportunities. Go ahead, Matt. This is something I can really speak from experience about. Like I said, getting out here, the options were kind of limited, having no friends or family to really set me up on the way out, not too much experience in the work field out of school. Actually, found, finding a job as a project researcher, a little cost estimation, a lot of, a lot of RFP sort of research and just reading through tons and tons of projects that were getting put out there and proposals and that sort. And I, I was disappointed at first about the idea of you know, not getting straight into the design field. I really wanted to use what I learned in school, everything like that, but excelled anyway, really kind of made a name for myself in this, in this small company. Lo and behold, I actually found a bit of a structural engineering moonlighting position that I wound up working part-time for. And since then, the, the RFP research and learning about the proposal process actually in the field has really helped me since. So I, I guess I can say the moral of that is you take what you can get, but again, you want to focus it toward your ultimate goal. So Matt, you were so you got a job with a smaller engineering company, and then you had this moonlighting opportunity that just came about from someone that needed some work, some engineering work done. Exactly, exactly. I was working nights and weekends. They just needed a little bit of help with design starting to blow up, and really stuck with that. Actually, that was the firm that I wound up moving to. That's delivered the current opportunity. So then you ended up kind of starting your own. I guess your own company, so to speak, from that opportunity, and then you can contract the companies. Is that is that accurate? Yes, and that's I guess <laughs> step two of the attacking the opportunity. Come, I started working with the new firm full time, but I was still contracted for the first you know three months, and then we were going to have salary talks and everything like that. And in those three months, I met so many people in the field. I was really excelling as a result of hard work more than luck or background knowledge in the field itself. And come January for the salary talks, I, I had a decision to make. I had about 72 hours where it, when it occurred to me I could stay on as a contractor and start my own company or I can accept this full-time position and keep doing what I'm doing. And that was another thing especially in starting my company. Wow. So that's, so that's when you made the decision to, I guess, to stay with the company and then, then you could have flexibility to contract with multiple people. Correct. So that's, and that's what you're doing now currently. That's exactly what I'm doing. And you know, it is a risk. Young engineers will have to weigh that up. Do they want the benefits, the vacation, the salary with the weekends off? Or are you able as a person to really, to really attack the field yourself with that sense of security on the side, knowing that you have a lot of hours logged consistently, regardless of the external work that you can find. So Matt, do you work like you have your own office or something, or do you go to these offices and work? How does that work? A little bit of both. I have I have a tiny home office. I have, you know, a desk, my filing cabinet printer. I have, I'm 
kind of drilled some lights into the wall for my for my own drafting sort of table to lay plans out. Okay. I'm really making the most out of it, but the majority of the time I am going office to office and working with these companies. Okay. Yeah, I think that the that part of the the reason that I wanted to have Matt on, I think the beauty of what he's talking about here is that you can pretty much do anything as an engineer regardless of your age. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, listen, Matt, Matt's from New Jersey. He ends up moving to San Diego. Can't necessarily find a job or the job market's tough. So he find, but he does find something. Then he recognizes this opportunity of having a small engineering company. And now he probably has, well, I'm sure he works a lot of hours. Like he said, he's on call a lot, but he's got a lot of flexibility and he's kind of doing things the way he wants to do them. He's got his own little setup doesn't necessarily have to go to an office every day, goes some days. So I think it's interesting and exciting actually to see that there's opportunities like this out there because I know that there's a lot of younger engineers out there that might be EITs that wouldn't even think that this is a possibility. So I think that that's a real positive. So let's let's keep going with that momentum. I'd actually like to add to that if I could. And this is something for everybody about not getting locked into one state of mind and that the opportunity is out there if you move. Laterally, I actually specialize in environmental stormwater runoff in civil engineering in school. And I came out here assuming that I would get into something along those lines since there is such a runoff problem in Southern California when it um, rains. And now, <laughs> now I can really only see a future as a residential architectural engineer. So being in the EIT, people will trust you that you know the calculation, that you can know, that you can do all the technical work, but then you have to really be ready to to work yourself into um, catching up if you do switch fields young. Wow, that's great. That's excellent. All right, let's move on to number five, which is you know having a solid work ethic. Why don't you talk about that a little bit, Matt? For sure, this is definitely the point that's carried me. Through the entire transition, I, I really think that it's important to, even when you find that job, to not rest on it. Uh, for, like I was just talking about, I had to teach myself seismology. That's not something that we learn in the Northeast. Uh, as, soon, as soon as the opportunity came about, I bought a book on seismic design, lateral design, started going through that, and then you do have to be ready to go above and beyond. I mean, what can I say that Randy Over hasn't mentioned in, <laughs> in a couple a couple of weeks ago? Really, it is literally on weekends. I mean, I work straight through the weekends, but and that's what really does get you ahead. You can just say, yes, I'll be on call. Yes, I'll, I'll run those plans down to the city for you. It, it's stuff that's you can't be afraid to go outside of your scope of work. And again, I'll tie it into what we were just talking about. It's everything's a learning experience. So not only will you impress someone else on work ethic alone, but there's always something you can take out of it for your industry. Yeah, I agree with you. And for those of you that heard Matt mention Randy over, he's the ASCE national president. He was on the podcast a couple sessions ago And if you want to check that out, just go to engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash Randy. He gave some good points of advice as well. But but, but I think I I just love what what Matt is talking about here. I mean, basically, if they need someone to learn seismology, Matt bought a book and read it. 
that's how you achieve your goals. I mean, that's how you're able to do things that other people aren't able to do. That's how you separate yourself from the field because you have that ability, that willingness to learn and the drive to do it. You know, and that's that's the big difference that from people that are super successful and people that aren't is because anyone could talk about something and they're see an opportunity and look at it and say, wow, look at that opportunity. But it's those people that attack the opportunity they have the willingness to learn anything they have to to engage that opportunity that's how you go places in your career so that that's that's a real strong point all right let's let's go on to the next point number 6 which is developing your networking skills something that i talk a lot a lot about all the time and matt why don't you talk about that a little bit we touched on it in point 1 where uh, we talked about, you know, you didn't go with the online traditional job process. You kind of got involved in the community. Tell us about some of the things you did. Uh, absolutely. Definitely. I definitely at one point felt like I was hitting a wall in San Diego, having, like I said, no connections. But what I did was I started taking part in the local community. I joined the community council for the town that I actually have a I actually have a public contract with them now for the weekends, believe it or not. And find, like you've mentioned a million times too, you got to find those professional networks. You want to associate yourself with people that you can really relate to in the industry. My, believe it or not, I found my moonlighting gig that really launched this entire escalation through soccer. I came out here, I played soccer my entire life. I tried out for a couple teams the first couple weeks I was out here. And you know, it, it, it helps people relate to you when you show your passion for something, whether it's innately related to our industry or not. And with that said, you definitely want to state your ambitions and you want to keep your goals in mind, but showing those passions and skills for anything really will have people gravitate to you. And then in terms of your network, you start seeing, oh, I know my sister happens to be an engineer or I I know a guy who's worked for CBM Smith for <laughs> 10 years. We'll see if we can get your resume on someone's table. So, something like that is definitely the key. And then my a point that I really wanted to make that I've started noticing recently is helping others. I'm starting to be contacted via LinkedIn a lot, actually, about opportunities where I'm a small firm. I don't plan on expanding too too soon. But being willing to help others and give that advice that I had been looking for for two years, it really, you, you can make yourself important to these people. So I think, I think it is... Uh, a great cycle, but networking is always, always number one from what I've found. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, just like when I, Matt and I hooked up on LinkedIn, I asked him to come on obviously and share his information. So I think you definitely grow as well when you do things like this and you're able to get out there and then take some of the advice that you got and then give it back. It's like a circle. And I think it, I think that's, that's great. So, great. all right. So let's get into the last point here that Matt's going to touch on a little bit, which is kind of about starting your company. You know, tell us about, you know, some of the ins and outs of that process. So starting the company, I'll kind of stay on the networking feel. You are really, what I found is that you're really selling yourself. As an engineer, 
we're the product. We're not, we're not bringing anything in, selling anything out. And obviously quality of work is number one. You have to be very precise with all the designs that you're handing out. Um, you have to be willing to expand, yet you can't lose focus on what's really important. And then there are all these traits that I have listed here, ambition, work, ethic, quality, efficiency, as well as I think it's really important to have pride of product, um, conviction, certainly saying, yes, I am a civil engineer and, you know, you'll be on site and a contractor who's been building houses for 40 years will ask me why I put a beam across his kitchen. <laughs> and you have to be ready to answer that <laughs> with conviction, what I, what I believe in. It's all about, it's all about perception too. Um, and I guess that kind of keeps it on the real business side of starting your own company. Um, anyone can anyone can register a company. I would definitely recommend a a tax consultation to start. I I went down to a local accounting firm and just kind of laid everything on the table and said, "What do I need to do to avoid messing this up?" And they they were willing to really look through everything. I guess the questions that you would really have to ask yourself are, do you have the time to do it? Like I said, it is full time every day and you, you don't have the opportunity to just leave work at work. Um, certainly there has to be a balance, but in, in between learning the field, um, excelling in the field and working for multiple multiple companies with multiple clients in my sake um, you have to make sure that you can do this luckily enough I don't have a, a family that I need to work with or anything along those lines but it is it is extremely important and then hey Matt this, yeah let me ask you a question real quick I'm sure maybe some of the listeners are thinking this as well but what what would you say are some of the benefits of having the business and working as a contractor, it sounds like you obviously work a lot of hours. It's a lot of work. Like you said, it's hard work. I'll drop the plans off for you whenever you need it, stuff like that. So all that being said, which I personally I think is great, but why do you like doing it this? I like it. I'm really glad you asked this, actually. I wasn't prepared to answer in this direction, but honestly, I like that everything has my name on it. I can put my spin. Um, I'd always felt that I was a little bit more ambitious than the bosses that I had worked for. And I, I like that I can deliver it, deliver my designs, deliver my CAD drawings, any, anything along that line, really with how I want to present it. And then just knowing that I'm 24 years old and this has always been a dream of mine to own my own firm. Um, knowing that everything that I'm doing now is building toward a future. I, I'm really excited to have, have started so young, which is really a benefit for anybody. If you can handle, like I said, the time, the stress, the organizational skills, things like that, you can really set your own schedule. I, I mean, I choose to be a morning person, but <laughs> at the same time, if you're not feeling the eight to five in an office, you can show up for 
four hours at one firm, say I'm over engineering for the day, four hours at the next firm, I, I want to be an architect now. Th things along those lines, um, it really does increase your freedom and uh, honestly, your confidence as well. When you're, when you're delivering quality designs, I think it shows. I, I'm going around uh, business to business, you know, feeling great about everything, knowing, knowing that it's coming directly from my design. So any, anyone who is maybe feeling crippled, I, I don't want, I don't want to say crippled by, or maybe stinted would be a better word by overhead. And if you feel, you know, you could do it better, <laughs> go for it. It's, it's, it's been fantastic so far. That's great. And, and just one last question before we, we let you go, Matt. Do you ever feel like engineers that are working in these firms kind of resent you or, you know, they, because you're not there every day, you come and you go as you please? Like, do you ever have to deal with anything like that that affects the work? Or? I've definitely, I, I can see, I can see where there is a little bit of, I don't, I don't want to call it resentment as much. I get more of a, more of a joking side of it get a little bit of a hard time, you know, I'm, I'm the young kid, but at the end of the day, I'm working harder than everyone sitting in, <laughs> actually, I don't, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot. I'm working more hours than everyone sitting in that firm. And the, it's, it's really a lifestyle choice. Right. So they, they know. And like I said, with, with conviction, if you, if you, if you own what you're doing and you do it well, People respect that, whether whether they want a piece of it or not. It's it's really from what I've seen, I'm willing to pay my dues everywhere, and I always I have a lot of respect for anyone who's been in the field longer than me, any 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 of my elders basically, or and even peers as well. So all right, great. I think you can see that one of the things I talk about a lot is you know doing what you're passionate about. If you do that, you're going to be happy, and I think that we can all tell that Matt is very passionate about what he does and that's probably why the number of hours he worked doesn't necessarily seem to be a negative thing for him because he really enjoys it he's like he likes building something that is his own and i think you know i think when you do that the only challenge becomes is balance issue i started the company myself as a lifestyle choice and it's while it's been great there's a lot of challenges because when you're a motivated person like myself and like matt it could be hard to put a line between the two and you could just want to work all the time kind of because you love it so much, but it also can really wear you down. So that's probably a whole nother podcast though, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it's funny that you said it. If you don't mind, I wrote, I literally wrote down um, basically the mirrored sentence of what you just said. Uh, my only issues, I, I was trying to think about what my issues were. Just if we're delivering this to younger engineers, things to look out for if you really are passionate about engineering, it, it is addicting. And then on the business side of owning your own company, uh, I'm still battling with knowing when to turn it off, knowing if I could turn it off if I wanted to. So exactly like you're saying, Anthony, it's, there's definitely a balance issue. Yeah, and what we'll do is, is I don't want to keep Matt too long, but on my career-changing tip here at the end, I'll talk a little bit about balance and some things that, that all of you out there can do to try to achieve a little bit more about that. So so with that, I want to thank Matt for coming on. For those of you that want to check out the notes from the show, we'll post them on the session notes, which will be which you can find at engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash Matt E-I-T. All right, so check it out. And once again, Matt, thanks so much for doing this. I think 
our listeners are going to get a lot out of it, and I appreciate the time. Anthony, thank you so much for having me on, and thank you for delivering this podcast. Career Changing Tip. All right, now it's time for our Career Changing Tip. And while the session today with Matt, I thought was very informational, and there was a lot of positive points that he that he gave out. I think there was one point that was kind of, oh, I don't want to say negative, but it was the biggest challenge for him, which was the balance, right? I mean, all the stuff he's doing is great, but he doesn't have a lot of time for himself. He doesn't have a lot of time for recuperation, refreshing himself. So the tip that I want to give you today can help those of you out there, and probably it's nine out of 10 people listening to this show, that feel like they don't have the balance that they want in their life. This is something that I've been trying to work on as well. I mentioned this on one of our previous podcasts, and this is something that a good friend of mine, Chris Knutson, who was on a past show as well, mentioned to me the whole idea of equanimity, which is basically saying that focus on whatever you're doing that moment. Right. So I'm not going to sit here and tell people like Matt that are really busting their butt, you know, building a company and doing what they love to do to work less hours. Right. Because that doesn't necessarily make sense or may not apply to everyone. But what I can tell you is that the hours that you're not working or the hours you're focusing on something else, focus on that and don't think about the work. If you're home and you're eating dinner with your family, put the cell phone away, shut it off, focus on the family, even if it's just for that one hour of time. If you're putting your kid to bed at night and you know you got to do some work afterwards, that's fine. Worry about the work later. Focus on the process of putting, you know, putting your kid to bed. Learn about what they did that day. If you're in the middle of a big project at work and you're going to go out to lunch with a friend for an hour or even with a colleague just to catch up, then go out to lunch and focus on that lunch. It's not always an easy thing to do, but if you try it, it can be very beneficial to you and it will bring balance to a, it'll bring a sense of balance to a lifestyle that you may think isn't as balanced. And the one thing that you can do to try to do this really is the whole idea of the cell phone. I mean, if you cut that out for an hour, even just one hour a day where you shut it off and say that that's like your disconnect time, that could help you to focus more on what you're doing because it's distractions that take us out of that mode. It's not simple to do, but it's kind of a, a simple thing that I'm throwing out there just to disconnect a bit and focus more on what's at hand for you. But it's very, very difficult to do. So start small. But I promise you, if you do this, you absolutely can and will be able to bring some more balance to your life no matter how many hours you work. So lastly, I just want to say real quick as I end the call of the session today, many of you know that I run a community for engineers. Basically, what I'm trying to do is find the 300 most motivated engineers in the world and put them together into a network so that they can help each other. We do webinars. We do different calls. We have our own private network. And if it's something that you're interested in, please reach out to me at afasano at powerfulpurpose.com. We're looking for the most motivated of engineers uh, around to be part of this community to help each other grow and to experience the best possible career and life that you could possibly experience. So with that, Remember to check out the website, engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash Matt EIT to get the session notes from today. And I'll catch you on the next session of the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach podcast with Anthony Fasano. Transforming engineering career development, one engineer at a time. For tons of free engineering career resources, visit www.engineeringcareercoach.com.